Let's talk about everything you need to know about riding Tron Light Cycle Run when it opens April 4th at Magic Kingdom. Hey travelers, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Beautiful Tomorrow Travel Podcast. I am your host, Angela Mishuli. Thank you for joining me this week. We talk about theme park and cruise travel tips for families. And this week there is so much buzz around Tron Light Cycle Run coming to Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World April 4th. So uh, Walt Disney World is, you know, this is their newest attraction. They haven't had a new attraction in a while um, at Magic Kingdom. So this is very exciting. And it's also in Tomorrowland. So that is also very exciting. It's an area of Magic Kingdom that hasn't seen a lot of um, new uh, interest or um, hasn't had anything new in a while. And it's very exciting to have another thrill ride over there um, compared to Space Mountain. So yeah, let's just dive in on everything you need to know about riding Tron Light Cycle Run when it opens on April 4th. So number one, I wanted to be sure that you knew that it's going to be over in Tomorrowland um, at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World here in the Orlando area in Florida. So Walt Disney World is here in the Orlando, Florida area. And um, so Magic Kingdom, the original park that opened here, is going to be receiving the Tron Light Cycle Run coaster. And then it's also going to be one of the fastest coasters at Walt Disney World. So what are some of the things that you need to know? Number one, there is going to be no standby entrance. So I I just really want to emphasize this. This is not something that Disney makes exceptions for. Um, I remember it was so sad. There was this family. There were multiple people. I remember when Rise of the Resistance opened over in Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios There were numerous people who showed up who thought that they could just get in line, wait hours, and be able to ride the ride. And they were so, just the look on their faces when cast members, I just don't know how cast members do it, but the look on their faces when cast members had to tell them that there was no way that they could ride the ride that day. You know, and I guess as a travel professional, just thinking like, oh my gosh, (laughs) You know, maybe that's one of the the highlights of their trip or I, I don't know. It, it was just devastating for me to see that. So I guess I just really want to spread the information far and wide that if it is a focus and if it's important for you to ride this ride, that you know everything that you need to do to make that successful. It takes so much time and planning and effort to take a trip anywhere, but especially Walt Disney World. I am happy to help give you the information that you need to make that possible, to check that box off your list and add it to your Disney memories. So let's talk about it. There is going to be no standby entrance. You have to join a virtual queue. 
in order to join the virtual queue, you must, must download the My Disney Experience app and create an account. So once you go into the My Disney Experience app on the day that you want to ride, you must also have two additional things. You must have a valid park ticket. You must also have a valid park reservation, okay? So we're talking about you have to have the app, you have to have a park ticket, you have to have a park reservation. Then you have to know the time to join the virtual queue, which is 7 a.m. And I'm going to leave a link in the show notes um, that will give you more information about virtual queue. So important things to know about joining a virtual queue. It's free. It's included to join the virtual queue. And if you have any experience with Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratatouille, Rise of the Resistance, or any other uh, Disney virtual queue experiences, um, you have to be set up and ready to go before 7 a.m. Because when 7 a.m. happens and the virtual queue, you can join it, it will be seconds that the spots go. You have to have your party together. You have to have all the tickets connected. You have to, ahead of time, plan that you're going to join the virtual queue on the morning that you're going to go to Magic Kingdom and expect to ride Tron Light Cycle Run, okay? The other way, let's say you join the virtual queue and you do not get a spot, then you have the option of joining the limited availability Lightning Lane purchases. You can also do that through the My Disney Experience app. One of the things that you need to understand if you want to have the virtual or Lightning Lane as a backup to be able to ride Tron, there are a few things that you need to know. Not only do you need to plan ahead, But if you are staying at one of the Walt Disney World resorts, you get first access to those uh, Lightning Lane openings at 7 a.m. Even if you get a spot on Lightning Lane or Virtual Queue, there is always the possibility that your group may not be called or you may not be able to ride simply because there is a technical issue. So keep that in mind. Then another thing I want you to keep in mind with virtual queue or lightning lane. Once you you have an hour window that you can show up. So if you have a reservation or something like that for lunch or dinner or whatever, um, you do have an hour to return at the time. If something happens and you're running a little late, my experience has been that cast members will be understanding, especially if there's bad weather or whatever. But when you return to the attraction with your lightning lane or virtual queue reservation, do not expect that you'll just then be able to walk on the ride. You will then have another waiting period, um, usually at least like a half an hour or so. So just 
keep all of that in mind. It's a lot of information. Replay that if you need to, but you need to get that information down if it is your goal to ride Tron Light Cycle Run the next time that you visit Walt Disney World on or after April 4th. So let's say that you're interested in kind of checking it out and seeing it. Let's say you have kids who are not sure if they want to ride it, but that you kind of want to check it out. So a couple of ways that you can do that. And I know that if my kids were nervous about riding something that we would kind of do this. You can ride the train and it goes right by Tron. You can ride the Tomorrowland Speedway, which will also take you right by it. And then you can also ride the People Mover, which will give you great access to seeing it and helping them get more comfortable if that's something that they need. Another great thing is, at least for now, I have seen that they do have a couple of um, of the light cycles that you can get on and, and try in the queue. So before you actually get up to the attraction, you can test out the seating. So there's been a lot of discussion about the fact that this attraction is not, it doesn't have a lot of accessibility. Like let's say somebody's on the heavier side or has mobility issues, or let's say you have a back issue or something. Definitely look up pictures of the ride vehicle and you'll see it's kind of like you're a little bit on your stomach and kind of, um, forward positioned like you're riding a cycle in the movie Tron there are going to be a lot of people that may for one reason or another not comfortable with that I want to be sure to let you know that they do have some accessible seating on the ride that's just like a regular seat for whatever reason if you would feel more comfortable riding that way you can just know that you're going to have to wait a little bit longer because there are limited trains and there may be only one. Currently, they're doing some testing and they only have one. I don't know if that's how it's going to be once the attraction opens to the public. But for now, you know, it's just a little bit more wait. But I still think that that would be worth it. Another important thing to know is that there is a height requirement, 48 inches. So anybody, any of my clients that have small children, I always recommend that they measure their children. So look ahead at the attractions, what they may be interested in riding. And I definitely help my clients do this, but prepare them for maybe being, not being able to ride something that they would look forward to. So I think that that goes a long way instead of building up this excitement and getting to Walt Disney World and just having a really disappointing moment that it's going to be difficult to recover from. You want, you want good memories, you want good experiences. So some planning can really help make that happen. All right. So we've talked about the height requirement, where it is, how to join the virtual queue or lightning lane. I think another thing that I want to mention about lightning lane is that there will be a cost for that per person. Um, We don't know what that cost is going to be at this point on April 4th and after, then we'll be able to see that. But um, let's talk about 
the locker system. So you cannot take any bags on the ride. So they have a new complimentary double-sided and digitized locker system to be used to store bags and loose items while guests race their light cycle. Inside the attraction queue, these complimentary lockers pair directly with your Magic Band, Magic Band Plus, or ticket, so guests can easily lock and reopen their locker with a quick tap. So guests without a Magic Band or other ticket media, such as a card, will be provided with a card to assign their locker. All items must be placed either in a locker before guests board their light cycle or there is a small compartment located on the attraction vehicle that can hold items such as a cell phone, glasses, or wallets. So yes, if you're wearing a magic band, if you use your Apple Watch or smartwatch to have your ticket, I'm guessing you could scan that as well and know which locker is yours. If you're like me and can totally forget like where you parked or (laughs) important information, I think I would recommend you take a picture of your locker number. So how it is, is that as you go to walk onto the attraction, you'll put your items in a complimentary locker. I've heard they're rather small. Think about the size of a full-size lounge fly. I've heard that can get a little tough. Um, Try to not bring too much. Um, And then you, as you walk in, you're on one side of the locker. As you walk out, you're on the opposite side of the locker. So it's good for the flow of traffic. You're not going to be on the same side of the locker when you walk off of the attraction. So you can keep your cell phone. You can keep glasses. There is a little compartment on the ride where you can put small items like that. There is going to be a Disney photo pass photo and video offered. So if you have photo pass, definitely make sure that you um, have your Bluetooth on and um, connect it with your ticket. And so you can have the picture that is on the ride if that's something you are interested in. A couple of things that I thought would be good to mention about Tron Light Cycle Run is that it's being reported that it's a short ride um, on the average of about 45 seconds. There are no inversions. It is fast and it's been said to be more thrilling than Slinky Dog Dash if you're taking children on it but not as thrilling as Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind because there isn't like the spinning and things like that. Uh, The height requirement again is 48 inches. I imagine they will allow you to do rider swap. That is not completely confirmed yet. I am going to be on Disney property next week touring some resorts and I'm going to be sure to see if I can get an answer to that. Um, but they do have stroller parking. So I'm thinking that that may be an option. And then two, uh, what do you want to prepare to ride Tron like cycle run? Let's think about that for a minute. And it looks to me like the ride is primarily kind of geared towards Tron Legacy, which was released in 2010. Um, But I've heard that even watching the original Tron movie released in 1982 just kind of helps 
build that anticipation and makes you really feel connected to the storyline um, and what they're trying to uh, convey uh, as part of the queue and the ride. So, so that's all of the uh, information about actually getting on the ride and riding the ride. So let's talk about the closest resorts to Magic Kingdom. And I think the closest resort that you're going to be to uh, to Magic Kingdom is the Contemporary Resort. So then I think the Grand Floridian and then um, uh, the Polynesian. And I wanted to mention that beginning tomorrow... The walkway that has been open between Grand Floridian and Magic Kingdom is going to be temporary clo- temporarily closed for a bit. There's no date on when that will be reopened. So if you're thinking about walking from the Grand Floridian, that may not be an option when you go, if you go sometime in the early spring. So um, there's still the monorail and... Uh, boat transportation, which is complimentary and very convenient, but I thought I would mention that. And those are the little things that I get emails from Disney about that I really love to bring to my clients. So anything that might impact their trip, they know about. So the closest resorts will be the Contemporary, the Grand Floridian, and the Polynesian, but a couple of other resorts that aren't too far away and still have complimentary, convenient transportation are Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness. So if you're interested in staying on property, there really are some benefits. Um, And so I just want to talk about a few of those. Number one, it is super convenient to be able to charge your food and your merchandise to your room using your ticket or your magic band. And that's a perk you get from staying on property. With the proximity to the parks, you definitely save lots of time and you're more immersed in Disney. And a lot of people, especially if you don't go often, they really want that experience. So what are some of the other benefits of staying on Disney property? So you can make reservations up to 60 days in advance for all of the days, the entire length of your stay. So if you don't stay on property, you have to, you can do your reservation 60 days in advance, but then you have to keep rechecking um, for all the additional days. So like, let's say you're t- staying seven or 10 days, you're going to have to s- continue to check back for the remaining days after the first initial 60 days in advance that you're making reservations to make all the dining and other reservations that you want to make. But if you stay on property, you only have to check in to make your reservations on that first day. And you can then make reservations from all of the length of your stay instead of having to check back each time. In addition to being able to make those reservations in advance, you get more time in the parks. In the mornings, you get 30 minutes early theme park entry at all four Walt Disney World parks. And that's for every park 
every day at the time of recording this podcast. So before the pandemic, they would announce like it would be a certain park that you could enter early. And but now it is every park every day for 30 minutes. And it doesn't sound a lot like a lot. But I have heard that people are able to make significant headway (laughs) in their plans over those who aren't able to um, get in early. So in addition to that, if you stay at a Disney Deluxe Hotel or a Disney Deluxe Villa, you have extended evening hours as well. So if you stay in those two categories of Disney hotels, you get the 30 minutes in the morning, and then you also get extended evening hours. All right, so a couple of my last tips are Dramamine is recommended. If you are somebody who gets um, sick on rides or things like that, I've heard that Uh, folks who take Dramamine are very happy that they did. It doesn't spin, but there are some screens and um, that really helped with the sickness on the ride. And then the other tip I wanted to give you is that apparently the um, over in Tomorrowland with the beautiful canopy lit at night, the Tron area is now one of the new places to watch the fireworks. So yeah, on your next trip, check it out. See see how it is. So I wanted to share all of those tips with you. Okay, so that I think that's going to wrap it up this week. I am going to leave a couple of things in the show notes. Number one, I'm going to leave information about the virtual queue. Number two, I'm going to leave a link with all of the specials that are ongoing right now. And actually the link is updated anytime you click on it for any Walt Disney World special offer occurring right now that you can participate in if you would like to stay at Walt Disney World. And then I am going to have a link to my website. You can reach out to me with any questions. Is there something I forgot? Is there another question that you have that I didn't cover please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can uh, reach out to me on Instagram at Beautiful Tomorrow Travel, on Facebook at Beautiful Tomorrow Travel Agents, and my website is beautifultomorrowtravel.com. All right, so I hope this podcast episode was helpful. Please let me know if you have any questions, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great one. Bye.